This is a SABC Disability 360 feature on 5FM. Brought to you by the SABC Foundation. Joining us on the weekend playdate today, we have diversity facilitator and occupational support coordinator at Progression. Welcome, Justine Smith. Thank you for hanging out with us today. It's a pleasure. Justine, you are a part of Progression and you deal a lot with people with disabilities. What is the link that I've seen being posted about between HIV, AIDS and disability? Okay, um, I think it's one of those things because we're talking about sort of HIV and AIDS as a sort of progressive chronic or long-term illness. Um, it's not so much the fact that AIDS or HIV itself is an actual disability. But we're often seeing more disabilities being caused by the virus itself. Mm. So people experiencing perhaps degeneration or when they become unwell for a period of time and um, the impact that it's had for their body because obviously it's an autoimmune disease. So it does sometimes attack parts of the body. So we see impacts um, that could lead to disabilities, whether it's temporarily while the person's going through their period of illness or um, whether it actually does lead to long-term disability or long-term impairment of some part of function for the person, and that would then be classified as a disability. So it's not so much that HIV or AIDS itself is a disability, but often the things or the, those opportunistic illnesses or diseases that impact for the person with AIDS could lead mm. to long-term impairment and therefore could cause disability. Now, the reason to have this discussion and to, and to feature it on air is not just because we want to give people more labels, but maybe uh, more to highlight the fact that you are actually eligible to different accommodations, either at varsity, at school, or, or in your workplace, because you are now um, under the classification as being a person with a disability, which means that you have uh, different things that you are allowed to, to have access to, and they need to provide those, those resources to you, whether it be time or the opportunity to go to a doctor, to go to a specialist, to get your medication or whatever it might be. And you cannot be penalized for that based on the fact that you have a disability. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing that we kind of are, are more often seeing is people are saying, well, why should I tell? And that means, why should I disclose I have a disability or why should I disclose my HIV or AIDS status? And it's, it's really important for people to know that there isn't any legislation that says that they have to disclose. Mm. Um, but what we do have is we have a number of codes and legislations in place that are there to protect people who have, for example, a disability or who have or are, are HIV positive from experiencing discrimination or losing their jobs as a result of it. Mm. Um, we have you know, our constitution, which says that we're all equal and we have the right to choose our career path without experiencing discrimination on any level, whether it's based on race or gender or HIV status or disability status. Mm. And we also have things like our Employment Equity Act, which is there to encourage organizations to employ people who have disabilities, to offer them equal opportunities. And it also outlines that term that we say reasonable accommodation. And that's somebody's right basically to ask for some adjustments to be made in their day-to-day work uh, life so that they're able to do their job. Mm. So we're talking about somebody who's got a skill and an ability to do a job, but perhaps is experiencing some form of impairment as a result of HIV and now needs a little bit more support. And that support, as you mentioned, could be around managing medication. It could be around adjusting working shifts or hours. And it could also be about that flexibility of perhaps allowing a person when they're going through a a suppressed immune period to be able to work from home. I mean, we're in such a technologically advanced 
space now. We don't need people sitting at desks nine to five. Yeah. As long as the job's getting done, whether that's getting done in a, a, a bit more of a, a germ-free environment in the person's home while they're you know, recovering from a period of being unwell. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I would really like to emphasize here, we are not telling you that if you have HIV and AIDS, that you have to tell the people that you work for, your employer, what your status is. But if you would like to, you are eligible for certain accommodations that will make your life easier. And it's not it's not a weakness. Um, as a person who has an autoimmune disorder myself, I, I struggle with certain days where I'm incredibly tired, where I have brain fog, where I can't get myself out of bed. And I hate people thinking that I am lazy or that I have no, no willpower or drive or ambition because I have all of those things. But sometimes the body and the, the disorder overpowers my, my willingness. So don't think that you are going to be given a label, but it, instead the people that are employing you will understand that you need those accommodations and, and maybe some mm-hmm. extra time or flexible hours or, or maybe whatever treatment it is that you need to go and get so that you can be performing at your best and you can be well. Because regardless of what your disability or disorder is, majority of them can be managed but sometimes you get those periods where it's it's a little bit difficult and you just need that opportunity and that time to, to get help and then, you, then you're back in the game. Yeah, and I mean, that's the reality is, you know, when we look at the statistics or the figures, you know, we're finding or we're estimating around 12.6% of the South African population is living with HIV or with HIV positive. And that's the ones we sort of know and we are seeking treatments or have been diagnosed. And so... You know, it's such a huge percentage of our population for us to simply close the door and say, you're not able to work now, you're not well. Mm. You know, we, we want to be able to create empowerment for everybody, equality in our country. And, you know, 12.6% of our population now goes onto a grant and is told you're not able to work. You know, the, the impact that has for those people and their own growth and empowerment and also for the South African economy. So part of what we really want to do, and, and again, you know, I really highlight the fact that when somebody is HIV positive, it doesn't immediately mean they have a disability. Mm. What the legislation says is that once their long-term impairment, which obviously HIV or AIDS is a long-term and an impairment in terms of the function of their immune system, it needs to substantially limit them in some way or substantially impact on them on a day-to-day basis for it to qualify as a disability. So if a person taking antiretroviral medication, managing very well, healthy, getting into work without, with very little impact, then we're not talking disability. Mm. But it's more so there to protect people like, as we mentioned, when somebody's going through a bad spell or when they are going through a period of, of where their CD4 count is unstable and low, and they need that little bit more support. That's what the legislation says to do. That disability status isn't to label you. It's to protect you under the law so that people know, you know, we want to support people to be able to become well again. And to also, if you have the skill, watch the difference of your career advancement or the contribution you could make in society and to the labor market. Absolutely. Uh, Justine, if if someone was looking at going to the employer, I don't want them to, to feel like they have to, um, but if they did feel comfortable enough um, or they would, you know, disclosing their status, uh, whatever that status might be, it could be any disorder or disease, um, and they don't want to feel any, any sort of stigma, they don't want to feel like they're going to have repercussions from disclosing their status. What is the, the process? Is there is there mm-hmm. someone specifically that you should go to? Is there a form that you have to fill out? How, how 
do you do that so that you yeah. don't turn around? Uh, tell somebody, um, okay, look, I have uh, type 1 diabetes. I'm going to need this and this and this. And then they say, yeah, thanks. No, thanks. Bye. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there is uh, a standard process that most companies, often they don't talk about it enough. Um, and we don't share enough about it. But generally, these kind of things relating to people's personal information is dealt with through your HR department. So if somebody is wanting or needing a little bit of extra support or wants to sort of explore their reasonable accommodation needs, they can then get in touch with their... We would advise them to get in touch with their HR mm. practitioner in their space, um, have a chat to them. There's a standard declaration form that a person would fill out, which is the EEA1 form. It's a Department of Labor form. And then usually your HRT may ask you to bring some sort of medical backup or evidence just to confirm the condition. Yes, of course. But after that, I mean, really, then it's up to you. Who knows? But it's also a really important thing for people to know is that your HR team or whoever you disclose to is not allowed to disclose your condition to anybody else within the business without your written consent. So you can approach your HR, discuss with them what your needs may be, and then they can communicate that to your manager without saying, because Justine is HIV positive, whatever um, the reason they would be saying, um, you need to allow Justine to take this day off per month. And if your manager is saying why, well, you know, at the end of the day, that's an agreement you have or have entered into with HR. Mm. So you have the right to say, I don't want people around me to know. You know, ideally, we don't want there to be stigmas. But, you know, we still find it happens whether somebody's in a wheelchair or has albinism or has, for whatever reason, a condition that people are unsure of. But right now, yeah, it's important for people to know that they can talk to their HR teams um, and in confidence and know that that information shouldn't be shared without their written consent. Mm. And I think especially considering that we had World AIDS Day on the 1st of December, it is, uh, I mean, it's a reality around the world, specifically here in South Africa, that there is still stigma. I don't see enough people talking about it. I, I, it seemed to be not as spoken about this this year, the 1st of December, as it has been previously. And it's not that the disorder or that is minimized and it's not a threat anymore. I just feel that people have, they maybe have fatigue. They have HIV AIDS fatigue and they're like, oh, everyone knows, but not everyone knows. And there are different rights that you have and there are processes and it is a manageable disease. If you get your, your CD4 counts done, if you have your ARVs, if you take them, if you lead a healthy um, and responsible lifestyle, you can be productive, you can have a family, you can be successful, you can be happy. And it's 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 just a stigma that other people who don't know enough put on you so the more you know the better you can do and and this is one of the reasons why we like to have these conversations Justine if there's somebody who's listening who has a disability of some sort maybe it is a disease maybe it is um, post an accident or something that they were born with and they would like to approach their, their HR or management or maybe just get some more information can they get in touch with you for that? Yeah absolutely um, they can get in touch with me directly um, my email address is if they contact us is help at progression.co.za and yeah I mean Although we are there as an organization to help and support corporate South Africa as opposed to manage disability in the workplace, we also work with individuals to help them find work placement. And we do a lot of training and a lot of work out in the communities to try and create more awareness. Mm. So definitely, if somebody has or wants some more information or they they're struggling to find work placements as a result of a disability that they feel is limiting them, please encourage them to get in touch with us. We're more than happy to, to offer advice and help where we can. And again, yeah, the email address is just help at progression.co.za. Thank you so much. Justine Smith, Diversity Facilitator and Occupational Support Coordinator at Progression. Thanks so much for your time. No problem. Thanks for yours.
This SABC Disability 360 feature was brought to you by the SABC Foundation. For more disability content, visit SABC Disability 360 on Facebook or follow at SABC Disability on Twitter.